Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. One of the greatest discoveries that I ever made uh, after I was saved was even before I responded to God's hand on my life concerning preaching and teaching was that I was called. If you're born again today, I want to tell you, God's got a calling on your life, and we don't know where it would lead, but today we want to talk about that. The interviews are about some people that were called and had difficulty getting to complete that call. It's not always easy, but it is a great adventure. Our co-host, as usual, is Nathan Harper. Nathan, I love that song, The Great Adventure. Mm. I found out that if you're bored with your Christian life, you're probably not fulfilling your calling because yeah. uh, God's calling is it's adventurous. So today we want to talk about the calling that God has on people's lives. And uh, we don't always know what it is till later, but I, I believe God's always preparing you for what he wants you to do. Right. And, and that doesn't mean there's just one specific task in your life that you will accomplish. There might be multiple things that you're called to do. There's a general path that we all are walking and and traveling on toward Christ, that upward calling uh, toward Christ. But there might be different individual ways of traveling that course and different callings in that sort sort of way. And, you know, you're speaking about being bored. I know I learned, you know, as a child early on, not to tell my parents that Mom, I'm bored, you know, during the summer or something. Because you know what would happen? I'd be given something to do. You know, and it, it, sometimes it wasn't my, my favorite thing to do. But and, and you know what I've done? My kids every now and then will say, Dad, I'm bored. You know, and I'll, I'll do a little lecture about how <laughs> boredom is a character flaw. And, and then I'll give them something to, something to do. And uh, I think God's a, the best parent there is. He's a good father. And if you... Pray and say, Father, I'm, I'm bored. He'll probably give you something to do. I agree. Well, let's do something. Uh, we, we were planning on looking at Acts chapter 20, 24 at the end. But after you said that, I think it might be good to launch out. I want to read it, and I want you to just say a word or two about this general calling, I would say, to everybody in a specific calling. And you might not agree with my words that I've just used, but I'd say a broad calling and then a narrow calling, whichever yeah. way you – but let me read this. This is in – Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. We're all to be witnesses, but then God lays some specifics, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, Paul here, Luke is quoting uh, from Paul as Paul is given testimony and you know, he uses two different Greek words for race or course, and then another word for ministry. And so the metaphor there is like a race. And if you picture a, 
a, a like an Olympic track event. Uh, you have all the runners, and they have different lanes that they run in, but they're all on the same track. And so that's the that's the picture I think is that we all together as the body of Christ as as God's children have been given the great commission. You know, we've been given this this one track that we're running on to fulfill that great commission of making disciples of all the nations. And you, we know, you read Revelation, that does happen. And but we're to be faithful in that. But we all have individual specific lanes, like a, a runner will have a specific lane that they're supposed to stay in. Uh, or maybe some of those races, they start in a lane, and then it's opens up, it opens up and they can change lanes, whatever's you know best. And so I think that's also what God does. He gives us individual specific lanes that we run in according to our strengths and how we're shaped, and then also according to how he calls, what he calls us to do specifically at a, at a time for a task. Just real quickly, I've served, to speak of that, I've served as a mission pastor, uh, a church plant. It started, but I came on next, and I was associate pastor, and then I was full pastor. I, was, I served as youth minister uh, along with the associate pastor there, and then full-time pastor, and, and now on the radio and doing interim pastorates and conference speakers. So, so never never music, huh? <laughs> never music. You knew that wasn't your lane. I knew that was not even in the agenda. Right. And, uh, and my wife tried to teach me to uh, how to hit a high note and a low note, and she said, you don't have to move your head up and down to do that, Bert. So that's <laughs> how uh, delinquent I am when it comes to music. But I sure do enjoy it. Well, let's get to the callings in the book of Acts, and we want to cover at least three of these as quickly as we can so we can get into the interview that you'll hear about a calling of a man and then going to the second and third generation. It is, it is a neat interview that you'll want to hear. But first, Paul was called out, and Barnabas first went to Antioch to see what was going on from Jerusalem. They'd heard right. some rumblings about what God was doing, and so the apostles sent Barnabas up there. He was a good man, full of faith. And when he got there, he had already met Paul. He right. was Saul at that time. And when he saw what was going on, he said, I know who would fit this bill. And Barnabas yeah. went and got Paul and brought him back. Yeah. And God can use other brothers and sisters in Christ to help shape our ministry, to help under, help us understand the call that God is placing on our lives in that discovery and exploring mode, uh, God uses other people in a great way, like Barnabas encouraged Paul to uh, follow the Lord and, and uh, begin teaching and, and serving there in the church in Antioch. So they did this for a few years, months. We don't know exactly how long. But then, notice what it says, and this is Acts 13, verses 2 and 3. As they ministered to the Lord and, and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now, he had already answered that general call, the race. I'm to run the race. But now God's getting specific about, I, I got you in line for mission work. So here's the first calling. And does openness have to be a part of that, Nathan? You know, to be yeah. open, God, whatever you would want us to do. I, th- I think openness is, and generally, we see our openness in obedience to what God is already giving us to do. You know, maybe being faithful in the little things, right, and then those other things follow. But 
on their way, Paul and Barnabas, they split and make two two mission teams, but uh, we stick with the Apostle Paul and what he did. And in chapter 16, he comes to Derby and Lystra and Iconium, and there he meets a young man named Timothy. And he was a good report. Uh, just And Paul saw in him a, a quality that he loved, and he asked Timothy to join him in this this calling. So here we have Barnabas seeing Paul, the Lord having them to work in, and then the Holy Spirit specifically says, separate me. Now, I don't know exactly how God let that know, but they knew it. But here's Paul on his journey, and he sees this young man that he decides to discipline or mentor. And so Timothy joins this band of missionaries so sometimes it's mentorship and being mentoring for a while for right. the task. That's right. And, you know, again, Timothy had to be open and willing. Imagine his, uh, his parents, what they had to go through and be willing and open to say goodbye to Timothy, you know, at this time. Uh, sometimes it's, 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 the calling doesn't just affect the individual. It's also the family. And prayerfully, hopefully, you want families to be supportive and be active in sending out their children or or brothers or whoever might be might be going. Again, I use that passage in Psalm 127, arrows in the hand of a mighty man. And if you're a believer, I pray that you are you have that in mind. And then when they go out, it kind of hurts uh, as as a parent. We know that, and a grandparent. But God's calling is real. One more calling that we want to, and it's there in in uh, Acts chapter. Uh, 16, and it's with Luke. And you don't know who it is unless you knew who was writing. But I love, this is, when I discovered this, this is one of the greatest things that I discovered. It's called the We Passages. If you look at verse 6, it says, when they went through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden of the Holy Spirit. And then verse 7, after they, and then in verse 8, they came down to, to Troas, and a vision appeared unto him into Macedonia. But look at verse it's uh, verse 10. At, now, after he had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia. Now, it changed from all of a sudden they to we. We call this the we passage. Who's who's this that's included in this, Nathan? Well, it's, it's the author of the book of Acts and the gospel of Luke, which is Luke, a physician who apparently met met up with Paul and his missionary team in, in Troas. And so he, we see this calling, and that's what we want to share with you. It, it, we're doing this for you. God may have you to join someone. Someone may ask you to join them, or you may see the opportunity to use your skills to help someone along. But God's calling is real. Our guest today on Exploring Missions is Tim Fleming. Tim, welcome. Hey, thank you for having us. And it's exciting to talk to second-generation missionaries. Now, you know, it's really more than that, but it is exciting to talk to someone who was raised on the mission field, and then they stay there or go back there and continue the work. And that's the case with you, isn't it? Uh, that, that's right, uh, Bert. Uh, God called me back about 20 years ago. Okay, and the mission he is with is Mexico Missions Ministry, and it is just uh, south of Texas. Uh, You go through Texas to get there from the United States, do you not? That's right. It's about a three-hour drive to our 
First Church in Allende, uh, Nuevo León, Mexico, another 12 hours to Martinez, and seven hours to Fresnillo, Zacatecas. Okay. When you come back to the States, do you usually drive or fly because of the connections? Yeah, we, we usually drive. That's what I thought. So, uh, because you might have to drive that far to get to an airport and everything, because right. you guys are, <laughs> I, I've seen it on the map. Right. Uh, to let everyone know, when I was pastoring, uh, we had a a group, a mission group, to go and work with with you guys down in Mexico, and they came back and they were excited as they could be about the work that God was doing there, and God is continuing to do it today. That's right. It's been a real blessing. I, I remember that group. I, my cousin Kevin was in there. Yeah, that's right. It's neat to have family connections that are believers, isn't it? That's right. Amen. Well, tell us a little bit about the history of Mexico missions. Okay. Well, in 1973, my Parents felt the Lord leading them to Mexico, so they went down to South Texas and studied the language. And then uh, when I was nine years old, they moved into Mexico. And it was by faith. They weren't guaranteed any support from any mission board or anything, but uh, God provided for them, and it was faithful for the last uh, 45 years. So they started working in the rural areas of, of Mexico, uh, some villages in and around the, the city of Montemorelos, Nuevo León. And... Uh, a graduate little churches started, and, and my dad would turn them over to the nationals uh, to pastor them. And God's grown it to uh, what it is today. And uh, so there are several churches around the country, and uh, we're excited about what God's uh, doing now through uh, the ministry he's given us, through the people he's used to, to, to plant more churches. And we believe it's all about that. We really believe that uh, God uses his church. He's building his church. And uh, he's going to use this church to change the world, and we just got to be get better at doing it, okay. being the church. Your dad was pastoring, he and his wife, That's right. Nina, Wayne and Nina, uh-huh. and God led them to go there. And then you had a sister that was born after they got there. Is that uh, correct? Yes, I did. I was reading the history, and I found that really interesting. Yeah, she was a, a sister number five, and no boys, <laughs> no brothers. <laughs> okay. And I was talking, and so— you have stayed on there. Did you come back to the States for a while and go back, or how yes, did I, that work? I came out to finish high school, and I basically, I guess, ended up following my dad's footsteps. Uh, every step of the way, I, I became a school teacher after college. I taught school in New Hampshire. Then I came back to North Mississippi, where my dad was from, and mom, and, and worked here for a while. And that's when God really started working in my life uh, to get me onto the mission field. He just kind of um, I was actually working. I was listening to all these uh, really good preachers at uh, this radio station, and wherever I was working, I would carry a little uh, one of those AM FM little <laughs> things on my hip, you know, yeah. and, and I would listen to Christian. Those were the days, as I, know, I say. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. So I got to hear some great preaching. I started uh, remembering the churches in Mexico. I said they're not getting this kind of teaching, and uh, they really could use this. And so I started saying, God, you need to send someone to preach to them and teach them what I get to hear here and everybody in the U.S. gets to hear every day. And it's kind of like God said, well, why don't you go? And uh, and I was like, Moses, well, who am I? You know, and uh, that sort of thing. And so God had to really work on me. But uh, finally, I uh, accepted the, the call to go and uh and, and you've been down there since. Mexico. Now, right. how long does that? How long does this make you after you went? You know, Monday it was twenty years. Monday, twenty years. Yeah. Tim, that seems that's amazing what God does. Let's. We said second generation, but there's really a third generation now, right? That's right. There is. Uh, we've been blessed to have uh, my three kids grow up in Mexico, and uh, 
Of course, they learned the language and the culture very well. And God started working in my son's heart. He was going to go into engineering, come back to the United States. But uh, God started really working in his life. My daughter, younger, the youngest one, she had already decided she was going to stay on the mission field and work in the ministry. But, uh, but he also uh, decided to stay. And so he's now pastoring the first church that I, I planted in Mexico and they're doing an awesome job there. So uh, and my other two kids help him there in that church. This is contrary to a, it's not a principle, but it is a, a kind of a tendency for a generational slide, you know, right. third generation to slide away from what their you know, right. father and grandfather was because you see David served God with all of his heart, Solomon a half a heart, and then Rehoboam had no heart for that's God. That's right. So you fight against that tendency, and you, that's, that's right. great. Mission Field's a great place for teaching discipleship like that, isn't it? It sure is. It sure even, is. even in your family and everything. And that's it goes right. On. Well, we have another guest with us today, and I'm going to let you introduce him to us. Would okay. you do that? Now, I got his first name, Job. <laughs> that's right. And, but that's right. Tell us a little bit about Job. Okay, so this is, uh, this is Job Gaetan that's here with me. And I met him when he was coming to Mexico in our Bible school. But I, there's a little something that happened before that. And I'm going to let him share a testimony about that. Okay. And this will be translated correctly. This, I'll translate this. Okay. Yes. Job, take it away. <laughs> Gracias. Es un placer estar aquí. It's, a, it's a great to be here. Es hermoso lugar. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> <laughs> Estamos muy contentos de tenerlos a ellos en México. We're very happy to have the... Flemings in Mexico. Y bueno, mi historia con ellos es asombrosa. My, I have an amazing story Porque with them. cuando yo tenía 18 años, when I was 18 years old, yo estaba un poco decepcionado de las iglesias en México. I was a little bit disappointed about the churches no in Mexico. No teníamos muchas opciones los jóvenes. So the youth didn't have very many options. Y un día, and one day, el papá de este hombre, said, my dad, me invitó a un campamento de jóvenes. Invited me to a youth camp. Y yo no quería saber nada del ministerio. I didn't want to know anything about ministry. Pero esa semana fue especial porque Dios lo usó a él para tocarme a mí al ministerio. Es cuando yo decidí eh, servirle a Dios y prepararme en el instituto bíblico que ellos establecieron en México. Y aquí estamos. And here we are. <laughs> sí. That's great. Uh, I, I want to tell you, this is the first for Exploring Missions to have the interpreter. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, they have to interpret my southern accent yeah. sometimes. But anyway, that, that is great. Well, I, tell us a little bit what you're doing, Job, and do the translation for us, Tim. Okay, ahora uh, cuéntanos, uh, Job, uh, lo que estás haciendo ahora y lo que has hecho. Bueno, eh, después de salir del instituto, okay, after the Bible school, eh, junto con el Pastor Tim, iniciamos la primera iglesia en México. Along with Pastor Tim and myself, uh, we eh, started the first church there in, en el 2001. in 2001. Estuvimos cuatro años juntos. We were together for four years. Y yo fui enviado a otro estado de México and I was sent to another state a iniciar in una nueva iglesia. To start another church. Estuve diez años pastoreando esa iglesia del inicio a a, a, a final estos 10 años. I was a pastor that church from the beginning uh, to where, uh, for the next 10 years, pastor the church there in Veracruz. Y regresé hace 5 años aproximadamente. And 5 years ago I came back a nuestra matriz to our mother church. Y ahora estoy colaborando en la administración. And now I'm collaborating in administration. Eh, líder de la banda and, and worship leader. 
y uh, como comunicador y algunas otras and cosas. Communicator and a few other things doing. Oh, amen. When I hear what God does, the effectiveness of a, a missionary going from a different culture, a right. different language, you know, how important it is, Tim, and, and, and Job can, you, you can have a discussion right. on this back and forth, but how important is it to hand it off to the nationals? You oh, know, yeah. I don't mean, you know, leave them out there, but make that transition from, hey, this is not just. Uh, right. From us, this is this is taking ownership. How important is that for the nationals to be a part of that? Well, it was very important. It's really it's, it's not just that. It's a mandate. We're Paul said in Second Timothy two two that you know, that's what we're supposed to do. You know, train other men that are faithful and continue doing likewise. And you know, we're really not a disciple unless we're doing what our our master taught us. And so. In the case of Jesus' disciples, they're not disciples unless they're doing what Jesus is doing, which is making more disciples. And so they have to continue that step. And uh, so that's the way that God has showed us to really reach the world for Christ. We need to train up people who then train others, who then train others. And as an, I was a, uh, actually a high school teacher, and I was a math teacher. And so uh, exponential growth comes from that, not from just addition by me doing all the work. It's from me training people who help me. You know, do what God has called us to do. So it's really, I think, the only way. We have to train the people there and turn over to them. And it's not about us. God can use anybody. That's my story. Uh, I was like Moses, like, who am I? And somebody, he's better and all of that. And, and then, I, But deep down, I, you know, my mom and dad and the upbringing I had, I knew that God could use anybody. And like Paul said, you know, he uses the weak, you know, and so— and uh, because it's all about him, and he's going to be honored and glorified. And, and it's, if it's about me and my talents and abilities, well, God's not going to get the glory he deserves. So uh, so God can use anybody. We try to instill that in our people. And uh, it's amazing the people that God has brought and the talented. I mean, Job here is an awesome, he's a great musician. He's a great speaker. And uh, God just really gifted him. But, I mean, I've seen God use people that, we wouldn't be impressed with maybe, but he's using them in a wonderful way, but you just prepare him to do it. Yeah. And and the churches that you have that have begun, how many are, are you guys connected with, or can you even keep up with it? Is well, it well, grown I, so much? Yeah. It's Sometimes it's second generation, you know. Yeah, exactly. The, so uh, there's there's uh, probably about what my dad, uh, the churches that he had or helped or was in, involved in directly or indirectly, it's probably around 12 churches. And so um, we're kind of doing it a little different. It's a, it's a little slower at first, but we have uh, three churches directly and then two more that have come out of our church, so five altogether right now in the last 18 years. And we're just excited, though, about we kind of see that, that, that light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I, I was hoping to be way ahead of the game by now, and it, it just took longer than I thought to, to prepare leaders and get a foundation, but now uh, with like Job's help and uh, our other pastors and then my sons and my daughter, it's really exciting. We're at a point where we feel like we'll be starting to plant a lot more churches over the next year. And so right now our goal is kind of get them uh, maybe one a year. Uh, yeah. We're at that point, so we're hopeful and pretty soon we'll be doing that. Well, when you plant churches, are do you usually start with like a Bible study or ha- have, have y'all got a process that you go through or just kind of seeing what God does along the way? Because there's both, you know, yeah. sometimes I, it's not haphazard, but it is, 
I, we don't have, quote, we do this and then this. Right. We just see where God's operating and joining him. How's that worked for you guys? Yes, well, um, at this point, and the one, the one thing I was mentioning that we're really excited about, we, uh, we actually have postponed the start of one of our churches in the nearby city, about 20 minutes from us, a city called Montemorelos, about 80,000 people. And so we've been wanting to start a church there. We thought we'd get it started last year, but seemed, but God seemed to, to slow us down and point us a little bit different direction. And the reason, I believe, is to help us out to plant churches more often, hopefully, is we are starting to build what we're calling an operations center or center of operations. And uh, because we've seen the need for the discipleship part, but we figure if we're going to really reach a whole lot of people for Christ, and we have a really large vision, and only God can make that happen, but uh, it's actually to plant a church in every state of Mexico that will then start yeah. planting churches in every city in Mexico. But the really only way it's going to happen, if God's people everywhere, if we can help them. So we figure, you know what, we're not the only Christians in Mexico. I think there's a lot of great men out there that God's going to touch and already is working with. But a lot of them just don't have the resources right. or don't have the materials. And even though they all know that we should be discipling, a lot of them, honestly, because of the lack of training, don't have any idea how to go about doing that. Right. So right now we are working on and really hard, hopefully the next six months, we hope to have a good head start in this, is to provide uh, materials, but on in video that will be accessed through Internet or DVD if, if they don't have the access to Internet. Uh, but be on video, uh, Bible training, discipleship training, and every area dealing with life that they might need to help answer questions that people have, give them that head knowledge. And but the main thing is the discipleship. But this is going; these materials will help us disciple people a little easier. Yes, uh, time wise and stuff. But we're basically sending going to send the groups that they will start discipling people like. When I started the church in India, I would just go to people's homes. I'd meet them out somewhere and got, get a conversation started and ask if I could go back again. And then, well, can I come the next week? Yeah. And just an example, kind of how the church in India was started, it was I had this fellow I met. We'd actually invite him for a couple's, like a, a marriage retreat, you know. And so a, a friend, somebody else in the church invited him and his wife. So they accepted, surprisingly, but they came. And so, you know, I think I can share the gospel pretty well, you know. And I shared the gospel with this guy at the end of the retreat and said, would you like to, would you be interested in giving your life to Christ and following him? And he looks at me and said, well, no, not really. <laughs> and so I said, well, would it be okay if I, we continue talking about this? Could I go to your house? And uh, he said, yeah, okay. You know, and, and so I went the following week, then I went the next week, then I went the next week with well, that third week of many weeks that ended up being uh, he accepted Christ. Amen. And, uh, and so that's kind of how we do yeah. it, get in the homes and follow up. Discipleship is so important. And right. Without that, it's not church planting. No, Multiplication no. is not going to happen. That's Our guest today on Exploring Missions is Tim Fleming and Job Gaitan. Okay, I appreciate you helping with that <laughs> last right. name. And it's been a joy interviewing you, and we appreciate it so much. Hey, thank you very much, Bert. We, we're glad to be here. It's awesome what y'all do. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. It's been a joy having you with us today. We hope God has spoken to your heart concerning missions, whether it's across the street, down the road, or in another country. Let God get the praise and let Him use you.